is the football prophets. What's up today, FB family? This is your favorite host on the mic today, Mache. Welcome to Football Profits, where two friends talk all things American soccer. And as always, I'm joined with my good friend, Coach David Johnson. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Mache. I'm doing pretty well. Watched a soccer match, so it's a good day. All right. Awesome. Do you like it? It was, it was all right. It was, was all right. right. We'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll get into that later. <laughs> we have a pretty good show today. I'm going to go ahead and break it down for us, and we're just going to dive right in. Are you excited for the show today, Coach David? I am. I'm very excited. First uh, one, man. We got to knock out the park, big. First episode. Yeah. First episode. All right, so we have three parts of the show today. Part one, we're going to cover, obviously, the game today, the Sounders that played Ali in the uh, FIFA Club World Cup. So we're going to cover that, kind of go over some highlight and kind of talk about what's next for Seattle and everything. And then we're going to talk about some big MLS transfer. I have my big three that I'm going to cover. Coach David, you have your big three you're going to cover. Uh, that's going to be for our part two. For our part three, what we have is we have four big transfers that we want to cover that Coach David is going to go in depth. In I'm, depth. I'm excited about this one. <laughs> All right. Part yeah. three is going to be a good part. Hey, and also, I want to give every listener uh, just a warning. I do have an accent. Yes, don't kill me for that. But uh, you're going to go in depth uh, with that. And then um, uh, for the end of the show, we usually like to have fun in the show. But to start off today, uh, Coach David is going to share something very close to his heart that's very important on the serious notes, and then that's how we're going to close out the show today, okay? Yeah, sounds like a good one. Let's get into it. All right, let's get right into it. So the intro to the game, I'm going to start with you, Coach David. Tell me a little bit about what you thought with the game and how we went. All right, so just a little background. The Club World Cup essentially takes the champions of all the various champions leagues. There's a couple other ways that clubs can get in, like being the host country, whatnot Um, but it's essentially the best of every continent is in this tournament Um, the Sounders had a first round bye and they played the winners of the first round which was Al-Ali the historic Egyptian team like one of the best so fun fact uh, I'm from the Congo Uh, when I was growing up we got knocked off every time from every championship by Egypt so I wasn't supporting them today just want to throw that in another fun fact since this is my segment, I can do the fun facts, <laughs> but it's fine. Uh, Ali is the home club of Mo Salah, who I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast knows the name. Even if you're not a soccer fan, you know who Mo Salah is. So that was where he grew up and where he came through. Oh, I didn't know that. So we might have watched the next Mo Salah today. Who knows? Hey, let's let's get that going. Okay, so uh, so what are your thoughts about the game with the results? Obviously, you can kind of break that in a little bit. What are your uh, thoughts with that? It was, it was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Both these teams, they're known for their attack, mm-hmm. right? They're not defense-minded teams. They're all-out attacking-minded teams. The attack was not it for either team today, and yeah. the defense looked solid for both teams. Yeah. So it wasn't at all what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big tactical game. It wasn't a very fun one on the eyes. Uh, midfielder, midfields were big today. Um, but you got to look at it through the eyes of an MLS fan. And the Sounders are in preseason, right? They've had two preseason games, and they're going up against a very good Egyptian team that has 15 games already in their regular season. And they're really good. They've won 11, tied four, zero losses. Yeah. Undefeated in the league, currently number one. So I was actually scared because I think they play Oakland City <clears throat> to like uh, first round. Yep. And, dude, they're, they, they're good at tagging. Like, they are, they're good. Like, no jokes. Like, some of their – the first goal when he was, like, came from – I think he was, like, the left and, like, kicked it on the right. That was one of the I – was, I was scared for the Sounders. I think when I spoke to you this morning, I was like, yeah, you guys are going to lose. But watching it, the Sounders were in it. They were. They, they were. Their whole way. Because that goal – because they obviously – to say the result, if we haven't said it, Sounders lost 1-0. So uh, – so that even that goal that Ali got in, that was such a bang bang play because he kicked it. The goalie, I think, saved it. Defender kicked it. Came, it came it. off the crossbar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It came off and the then crossbar. went right back to the shooter. No, I think the defender like headed it out, 
and then the shooter mm. but went right back to the same yeah. shooter it was yeah. almost like a Ronaldinho Nike commercial yeah, 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 yeah. you ever seen that where he's yeah, just yeah. pinging it off the crossbar <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. back then? That was but this one went right it, and he was such no joke he was kind of an ugly goal because he was like everyone stared at it going in they didn't think because he was such a the shot was going shot. the shot was going wide and yeah. it took a deflection I think off of uh, a Reagan okay, a yeah. Sounders defender and then went right in so the Goalkeeper was already diving. Yeah, it was, everyone was nothing like could do. looking at it. It, it was, was it was a, a it was a disgusting type of <laughs> deflection. But I'm not mad at the Sounders. Now I understand what you see in them because they haven't. This is what preseason form. It is. We've had two games. Got, they got JP back. Honestly, the loss. I think a lot of this have to do with uh, coaching decision. Uh, the when they did those like uh, subs, I think they did it kind of late for me because. This is the I under because when we talked about it, I'm gonna bring up your point is that you think that the coach probably thought he was gonna go he's gonna tie right so he's like okay I'm gonna save him put him in and then they'll play the OT but dude if I'm gonna work any sort of work up I'm going for the win exactly because because at that point Seattle had more shot on target by far they were dominating I'm going for the win yeah I would too and. I had in my notes the second half it changed. It was not Seattle on I, top. Ali came out. They yeah. did. They but it changed when they made their substitutions. Yeah. They put in three players. Um, uh, Ali. Yeah, Ali. Oh, yeah. They subbed in three players: uh, Radwan, Bakir, and Morsi. Mm-hmm. Um, Morsi's a baller. He's the one that scored the goal. Yeah. Um, he he himself number nineteen in the game. He changed the pace. Everything was mm-hmm. flowing through him. He was just balling. Yeah. Right. And I have here written in the 78th minute, getting nervous, would like to see transition to back five and see Eber and Rui Diaz together. I wanted a tactical change from the Sounders. We didn't get that. The first sub for us came in the 84th minute. I thought it was 89 or 84. No, 84th minute was our first sub, and we took off our one of our biggest attack threats and put on a defensive midfielder. Trying to hold out to get in touch. Is that was that JP that came in at that? When did JP come in? Uh, you know, actually, no. JP came on a little before. JP came on in the 68th minute. I think and that was that, a like for like sub. I. Th- the big sub change for I us. Think the player who's the player that came off. Atencio, young Atencio kid. He was, was balling. Really he was balling. So I don't understand why he was taking off. Literally. Yeah, I. So. Because usually, and I, you the coach, right? So, Coach David, I'm going to refer to you. Don't you want to take off, like, someone who's not performing well? Instead of already, because I feel like that was such a, crypt, a scripted, like, substitution. It, it was. was. like, we know the exact meaning. We know who's going to come out. It, it didn't matter about how the game was going on. It was just a matter of, it was already scripted. And they just did it without looking at how the game was going. Exactly. So, it, Coach Messer, before the game, he talked about this. And he said, JP will play. He didn't yeah. say how he was going to play, but he said he will play. So, there was no doubt in his mind, no matter what's going on in the game, JP is going to get in. And a lot of that is because... We're not in the middle of our season. We're in preseason still, right? So you want a player that's coming back from a really bad injury to get some big game minutes in before the season starts. So you got to look at that from a preseason thing because odds are the Sounders, we're not winning this. Real Madrid's in it. See, we're I don't, not getting I don't past like Real that mentality though, man. I know the, the talent and the league, yes, it's inferior MLS, but... Dude, if I'm the coach, if I'm some sort of like, this is just me, my mentality and everything. Good, I'm an athlete. I made it here by being the best at some point. Every time I boot, I don't come saying, oh, we're just going to see how the players are going to play. I'm coming. Because let's say chances are you make it to the final. Do you understand the type of confidence that that installs? In it would be massive. It would, it would have been massive. In, you know, so like, I understand what you're saying. Everybody is talking about preseason form, and you, I've said that a couple times too. But, dude, this is the the work that like the, the, the club work up. So it's like you want to kind of make some noise because last year wasn't really – they weren't really the sounders that that we're used to, right? They weren't. They weren't. They finished, yeah. I believe, 11th. So in the table. how about you just send a message now saying that we're here, we're back? I, I agree with that. I fully agree with that. But at the same time, I do think there's value in getting JP in. Mm-hmm. My, my thing, not, I, I want to preface that before you go. I'm not mad at JP coming in. I am 
kind of upset with who came out for him. That's all. Yeah, and I agree. But when I was looking at that, man, I think I wrote in my notes around the 34th minute. I was I said, uh, Atencio's balling. I don't know how we're going to get JP into this match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I I wish Atencio was playing bad. Yeah. Right. Um, but he wasn't. He was playing good. And honestly, we probably should have taken out Rusnak. Um, but Rusnak's a bit more of an attacking-minded player. So I think we wanted to leave the attacking-minded player on the pitch there. And that's why we didn't do that. But, um, yeah, so I, I think I think it's, it was more of a tactical decision, but also wanting to get your star player back in. onto the field yeah. for preseason. You're right. It was a good decision. They weren't going to win, but still, I didn't like their mentality. But, hey, I'm just I'm just a guy talking in the mic uh, in this podcast. I'm not the coach. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. We make a lot <laughs> less than the coach does. Yeah, and no one's gonna come in and fire us if we <laughs> yeah. have one bad, one yeah. bad podcast. So. Yeah. So, uh, so that was so that was kind of some of the stuff that I, I think that could have changed the dynamic of the games. Uh, but what do you think from seeing them play? What is your expectation for them next year as far as as they start in the league, the form that they have, and uh, kind of getting some players back, and JP coming back his first game kind of looked okay. What is your expectation of them ramping up and going into the season? I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be home playoff level team. Um, I, I think they're going to probably finish. I have them, spoiler alert, for our next podcast. We're going to run through the Western Conference and Eastern Conference projections of the tables, and I have them at third. Um, I think they're going to be good, but I, I think this, we saw some really good things here. And the interesting thing is who was starting at our center back. Mm-hmm. Um, Reagan got the start over, um, oh, the, the young Mexican international. He's been playing for us forever. I should know his name. Ariaga, Javier Ariaga. Okay. Um, Ariaga was a big contract player for the Sounders mm-hmm. and him taking the bench in this game in both the two preseason games we had before this, I think that signifies that we're going to take the second year pro as our starter over a big money center back. And I thought Jackson Reagan played very well. I thought, I thought he definitely showed himself well. I thought Yamar, his partner looked really good. Um, I thought Nuhu, who is kind of our crazy train as mm-hmm. people call him. I thought he, lived up to the name i thought he was a little erratic i thought <laughs> he gave the ball away in really dumb areas at times but he's he so he explosive at times defensively he, yeah you need to have him so yeah. i thought he did good i thought alex Rodon played well i thought everyone on the field the team played very good. well the team looked the team all together looked good. it looked good and it looked like a unit I, I was saying for both teams i think in my notes i probably wrote this down 10 times got into good position yeah didn't have the final product honestly I just want to say that the reason why that was lost is because they couldn't get the ball in the net. You just have games like that sometimes. It wasn't because the that. amount of like shot they had more shot. They were dominating. They had you know possession, especially that first half. They really had a chance to kind of do some things in that first half, but you know it was just you know the ball didn't swing their way. Yeah, true, but. The shots weren't incredibly dangerous. Um, the problem for on both teams. On target. Yeah, it, the first <laughs> shot on target came in the 47th minute. Oh, the first one. I thought they, by the time, if I look at what I was looking at, by the time they were done, they had an eight shot on target. Uh, I by think that was eight shots first. total. Eight shot total. Okay, not on target. Okay, so I looked at the wrong box. Yeah, I believe that was eight shots total. And, yeah, it was Atencio, again, the player that we were talking about, didn't want to take off. He was the first player in this game, a defensive midfielder, to get a shot on target. That says a lot about the the final product. But it was constant cross after cross after cross coming into the box, yeah. and no one was there for it. Yeah. Or the cross wasn't getting past right. the first man. Yeah. And so that was the big issue for both teams. Yeah. The final pass, you would get into the assist zones, but, but you couldn't make the final pass. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was a little the nervy. The defense, the defense. The defense was solid for they both came, teams. They came to play. Yeah. They came to play. All right. Well, that's great. I kind of covered that for our first segment. We're going to take a quick first break here, and then we'll be right back to start with our uh, second part, and then we'll talk to you guys soon. And we're back. Now we're going to go ahead and dive right into part two of our show today, where we're going to touch on our big MLS transfer 
uh, Coach David is going to have three he's going to talk about, and I have my three big transfers. So we're just going to go ahead and uh, start with you, Coach David. Go ahead and dive right into your big transfers this offseason. All right. My first big transfer is Joseph Martinez signing for Inter-Miami out of free agency. Okay. Uh, this one comes a little bit different than most. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first three seasons when he was with uh, Miami, he – or not Miami, Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. Baller. Baller. Best striker no in the league. Best striker no on the continent. No questions. Um, then he tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. And he didn't quite get back to Joseph Martinez that we knew. Right? Yeah. Um, and his ego started to take a hit. And he started to have fallouts with pretty much every coach he came into contact with. And it was so bad in the locker room uh, one day after not getting enough minutes. After every game, a little inside note here. After every game, uh, all MLS teams, they'll have a table set up for food and protein for the players. Mm -hmm. So it's usually rice and chicken, right? He walks into the locker room after not getting his game time, and he flips over the table full of hot hot rice and chicken all onto the ground. Yeah, big, big, big uh, locker room cancer there. And it got so bad that Atlanta decided they were going to buy him out of his contract. They said, we are going to pay you the rest of the money that you owe for the next couple of years. We're going to pay it right now and just let you leave. Let Please you leave. Just don't be here. Um, we don't even want to see I, I believe his contract had a no transfer clause, so they couldn't have sold him if they wanted to. Yeah. So they had to buy him out. And they yeah. said, we're doing it. We don't want you. Yeah. Um, so that's a nightmare. But then he goes into free agency. And Miami pick him up. Miami... This is where I'm a little concerned here. Yeah. Miami, coached by Phil Neville, talk all the time about how they're more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. They're doing it great because all of their players get along and there's this great mindset and vibes in the locker room. Yeah. Is Joseph Martinez going to break that down? That's yeah. a question. Um, he is brought in to replace uh, Gonzalo Iguain, who at the beginning of last year had a bench role mm-hmm. and then just hit form in the last month or so of the season yeah. and just went off. And they're hoping Joseph Martinez finds back his old form, yeah. gets into a little Miami uh, vibe, which has a big <laughs> Venezuelan hey, population, how, how, so he's going to feel at home. Wetter. Changes everything. He's gonna now. feel at home. So <laughs> yeah. his mind. I mean, I won't be mad if I'm in Miami, yeah. right? I could be having the worst day in the world in Ohio, yeah. but I'll be happy in Miami. <laughs> I'll tell Just you as that as soon as I make that shit. So I uh, to kind of go in here. Uh, I like I like it for them. I don't love it because one thing you say as far as hoping for him to get back in his uh, a day form, I don't see that happening ever. Uh, because you kind of just see the drop, man. You know, and uh, I understand the frustration. Just imagine if you were like top of the top and now you're just like pedestrian, you know, like, you know, and you have to think my first thing is the uh, the uh, 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 locker room cancer thing. I, I think a sit down can help that, you know, saying that hey, this is how we do things. If you don't want to do this, it's basically your last chance. If you mess this up, the whole league is the whole league is pretty much watching, and this is a break, uh, make or break season. But I don't see. I think our expectation of his production should significantly lower because he's twenty nine and he's had nothing but bad leg and knee injuries. So you look at since he broke the uh, <coughs> the ACL, literally one of his injuries is just say knee problems, <laughs> you know, and then he's just had an uh, um, a. Uh, orthoscopy i'm not a doctor but i think that's what it's called where they go in and they have to like kind of mess with your joints like for your knees and stuff like that that is not giving me a vibe of someone that might last in the sleep for another five six years Uh, i I agree especially because what joseph made his money on was just dominating defenders right yes being physical he wasn't a big man but he could get up to every head ball like everything you wanted from a big striker he was doing as a little man yeah and without him making those aggressive late runs into the box, he's just not going to be the same and guy. I, I told you, I think it reminds me of like a shorter uh, Aguero from Man City. Just the way he's built, like he's strong, short, and he's just, I don't, I think his best gift was his strength and his feet and his physicality. And once you start dealing with those knees, hamstrings, uh, dude, you, when the hamstring starts nagging you every other season, I don't think he's going to come here. I think the expectation should be like 14, 15 goals, man. 
I think 14, 15 goals would be great. For real? I do. I I think From, when you when you're looking at Golden Boot, yeah. the the for the listener that is who scores the most in any given uh season. Yeah. If you're around 20, you're in the conversation for Golden Boot. I think yeah. 2 years ago it was around 16. It was a weird season yeah. 2 years ago. Last year I think it was 22. Um something around that number. So, having 15 is going to put you in the top third of starting strikers. I think for him the best outcome for him will be that. Like the absolutely best outcome will be that. All right, coach. So that was your number one. I don't know if you have anything to add for us to dive into. I do not. Two. All right. So let's dive into number two here. All right. For my second transfer, I have Carlos Andres uh, Gomez. Butchered his middle name there. Andres. <laughs> Carlos Andres Gomez. Um, so he he's a young player. He takes up a U22 initiative roster spot. Yeah. Um, he is coming out of, I believe, is it Columbia he's coming out of? I don't have that written down, but I believe it's Columbia. Columbia, com- yeah. yeah, Columbia. Yeah. Um, he played all right. Um, he actually, I think you're going to cover this a little bit, but he is very similar to um, the player leaving Montreal. Uh, John Duran. John Duran yeah. leaving uh, Chicago, yeah. not Montreal. But um, and he's leaving for or coming to this league at four million dollars, which for a big profile player, young player, that's not much. Yeah, but it does break. RSL's transfer record. Mm-hmm. It's the most they've ever played for a player. They're a small market team. Yeah. And they're taking a big money move on a 20-year-old player. Yeah. And I'm looking at this thinking this could either be the best thing to ever happen for RSL or he could be a Seattle Sounders Leo Chu type player who just doesn't do anything. That's the same thing I was thinking. There are just two ways. Hey, I honestly I love it. I think it's smart because he's young. You kind of make him see his value up front so if he messes up you can kind of from there kind of be like hey we took a chance it didn't work so we can kind of you know kind of work some things around that so you don't have to keep giving him big money but he's he's smart he's strong he's fast i love his left foot i don't i love his left foot it's just i i, I was watching some of his highlight coming in from the right to kick into the left Amazing. he's he's goal dangerous yeah, yeah. he is he, goal yeah. dangerous he knows and what he's doing yeah, how to put a ball he in wasn't the net. with 58 appearances like uh in i think it was uh 2021-2022 season in his club in Colombia only 12 goal in 58 appearances but he's he plays on the side you know he can play both sides but and he's mo- young yeah he's young. and three of his goal which gave him the golden boot pretty much the equivalent of the golden boot there i think was because he uh he scored three of those goals when they were going to like championship, and I think they did win the championship. At so, that so that would have yeah. been a tournament, and he would have won the Golden Boot for that tournament, for that tournament. not for okay. the league, it not been for the league, but for that tournament. Yep. So, yeah, so he did win it for that tournament, and he got it. So, dude, you just gotta watch this guy. Have you watched him at all? I have. I've, I've watched a few of his clips. I have not watched any of he his passes games in the full. Eye test. But he he looks yeah. good. He yeah. looks good. The difference is MLS is a more physical league than Colombia. It's not Colombia is far more skillful. Uh-huh. So we'll just see how a young 20-year-old winger does going up against just brutal American defenders. He's, he's 5'11. He's got good size on him. He looks strong. I think he'll be all right. He needs to fill his frame some, He needs to fill his frame He's going to take some some getting used to, but uh but again, I'm going to kind of tie this on with one of my transfers at the end of why I'm excited about uh I'm excited about uh uh, uh Gomez here. Carlos Gomez, but uh, let's go ahead and do you have anything to add on your second transfer? I would just say the main thing that worries me here is that he is a record signing for them, Yeah. right? And if it doesn't hit, are they going to be willing to put out $4 million for their next big transfer? Is this going to be something that if he doesn't hit, they're going to be worried about, right? Uh, well, did you hear? I think there was like a little forty-five second clip of the uh, Salt Lake uh, GM talking, and he's really excited about two things. He didn't really talk about production. Two things he's excited about is the fact that he can come in and is ready to compete, and also if he doesn't compete for minutes, he can push those players in front of him because yeah. he's a good player. So he is, you're, he is. this is you're, also this is yes, they put a little money, but it's also a strategic move for the team. And he can play on both wings. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So now you have pressure because sometimes when a player comes, it's only like, okay, I have pressure 
from just one position, like this player. But if you bring a player, you can cover all. And no jokes, dude. If your your striker goes down, that kid can kind of go in there. He's big enough to play striker. Yeah, so I, I think though, out the gate at four million dollars, he's starting every game. So all, all the forwards, that dude is bringing some sort of pressure. Let's say he doesn't play, he doesn't start. He's actually actually putting players in front of him, like like that that I group, agree. that team will get better just by him being if, there. If I was a winger or attacking player on this team, and I saw and that I, signing, I heard that signing. I would, I would get to the gym. I would be at the training field an extra hour every single day. Every day. I'd be worried. I work worried on my footwork. If I'm not good with my left foot, I'll try to, you know, kind of yeah. be here. So, so yeah. But, all right. So, is that it for your that's, second? That's my number two. All right. So, let's dive right in into your number three, coach. My number three is arguably the biggest name on this list arguably. out of all six that we're going to have. Uh, Roman Berkey. He is a goalkeeper coming yeah. out of... Um, the Bundesliga out of Borussia Dortmund. If you are a fan of soccer, you know the name Roman Berkey. He's a solid, solid goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, Able to make some of the biggest saves. Yeah. Um, He, he was actually signed a little bit ago. He Mm -hmm. was there St. Louis to St. Louis. I should say that, but he was St. Louis's fourth ever MLS signing. Yeah. Uh, So fourth player onto their team. Um, I'm a little worried about this one, yeah. not because of performance. Yeah. I think he's going to come in. He's going to be a top-end goalkeeper in this league. Yeah. But anytime you spend big contract money on a player to come in and be an international goalkeeper, yeah. you're using your international roster spot, which mm-hmm. is limited in this league. You only get so many of them. Yeah. And you're using it on a position that – arguably is the U.S.'s best export at producing talent. Yeah. There are plenty of MLS starting level Americans that will have a U.S. roster spot instead of taking up your international spot. So I'm a little worried there on them being a new team, them having a GM that doesn't know the league, maybe not making the smartest roster move. But as far as performance on the field, I think he's going to ball. So I can look at it at two things. So St. Louis, new, all that. The name, first thing, is going to sell jerseys. It's going to fill the stadium. People are going to come watch, you know, when he comes. I think he's coming in midseason, right? Uh, yeah, he'll be coming in in June, I believe. So about okay. halfway through the season. So the reason why June I'm excited about this is because, <laughs> yes, you're right about all this, but I'm excited about this because of the experience. Someone that has been able to uh, to kind of face some great world class talent as far as trackers midfield. Like he's seen, even he was on the bench. He has some time, but when he was in action, good goalkeeper. Like mm-hmm. we can't take that away from him. So he's seen a lot of those things. So coming here, kind of bringing that confidence. You know, as your goalkeeper or like someone who's who's named some strikers, like when they go against him, are gonna say, "Hey, I need to really put this ball. I need to I need to put some yoke into this ball to go in." That kind of buys one or two seconds for your defenders, and I'm okay with that. Like, I'm no jokes. I'm excited for this, for the talent, for the experience. Is older. Some of his knocks. Uh, I think I was watching his analysis. His knock beginning of his career was that he was coming out too much. But as he's gotten older, he's gotten more patient. He stays more in his line. I think this is going to be a great signing for a new team. Do you're looking at shirt? You're looking at business. You're looking at <laughs> you. Lo- so all around, maybe not going to be great for you know total wins and clean sheets and saves and all that. But just as far as in the business, uh, on the business side of it, that's what I'm looking at it. And then the confidence level with your pray- players, they're gonna they can ask him questions. Those new players coming, ask him questions, talk about him. Talk to someone who's been in he'll, his big He'll be leagues. a big mentor. You know, yeah, that's what I'm saying. First, so you you look at that. That is really a good signing for because let's say even he gets older, he's what 32 years old. Mm-hmm. They say it gives them a good two three years old, and they just sit him down for his last two three five years. And I think you when know. you start to transition him, you need to make sure that when you are doing this uh, MLS draft, yeah, or whoever you're bringing in at goal, you are trying to bring in young American goalkeeper. Yeah. That so can they can be behind him and learn, learn from, from him. him. Yes, exactly. That, and that's what I'm saying. So this is was only now he pays off on the bank on like how people are gonna come watch them because dude if we have the chance to drive to St. Louis to see to see Berkey, I'm going. This is a dude I used to watch on TV. I never had yeah. a chance to see him. 
So I'm going. Yep. You know, so that's and an anyone, extra ticket sale for them. And then anyone the that has well. 176 appearances for Bruce Dortmund <laughs> is going to ball. Yeah. Right. Like better than I could do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Joe, before you die, we go uh, further for people who don't know. Coach David uh, is actually a goal a goalkeeper. You were a goalkeeper. Was, you was, was you were goal 10. most of your career through uh, that you played. I, yes, I were you in high school too? I play, yeah, I was a goalkeeper my whole life going up since I was eight. College, okay. a little bit of semi pro. Cool. So, so yeah, we can say that yes, he's better than you. Yeah, I mean, he's better. Than let you. him let him try he's me at keeper ward. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I will put Roman Berkey on his butt in Keeper Wars. Bro, I love the confidence, but chill. Uh, listener, for those of you that don't know, uh, Keeper Wars is a goalkeeper on goalkeeper type of game where you have two goals set about 20 yards apart and you just fire shots at each other. And it's just pure instincts and reactions. And I am six foot six with a six foot ten <laughs> wingspan. I cover a goal. Up. I cover a you goal. Roman Verki has no. nothing on me in keeper. I have to say this before we move into my top three. You are a good goalkeeper. The first time we played, uh uh you yelled at me a lot. I don't know why. But you Because you were slow. <laughs> you were not in the right position. Dude. You were about to give up so many goals for me. But I've always played her. I've gotten older so i'm glad that you you moved me to the center back i actually did better there you know i did better so kudos he was getting burned on i the wasn't wing. getting on burned. the wing he was Bro, getting burned i was yo don't don't do that don't do that don't do that i wasn't getting burned i was just a tad slower we fixed the problem and then you know what they were calling me that whole tournament everybody kept referring to me as the wall you can't get past this all right, now that we now right, that fair we. enough, fair <laughs> enough. That's enough of that. So I just want to finish off here on Roman Berkey. Um, my kind of like how you said he's coming in partway through the season, and that could be a good thing where he shores up the team and the defense before playoffs, right? Or looking at it from a coach's perspective, if I've had half a season with a team to gel under one goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and have defenders learn what that one goalkeeper knows how to play and wants them to play. Do I want to all of a sudden put in a brand new goalkeeper into the mix? You know what fixes all that? What? Talent. It does, but communication is a big one. And if he doesn't speak English, I don't know if he does, but I'm, if he doesn't I'm speak sure English, he's learning it could be tough. English now because he has until July. True. I'm sure he's learning how to say left, right, move, don't touch. That that's the first thing I learned in Spanish how to say. <laughs> yeah. Mine, left, yeah. right. Let go. Yeah. You know, like don't you know, like I, learned how I got to say it. keeper real quick. <laughs> you know. Like he, I'm sure he's learning those twenties phrases that you guys need. Maybe it's ten. That's to say goalkeeper don't have a big vocabulary, but uh, uh We don't have a big vocabulary, but we say it loud. <laughs> loud and proud. But yeah, so I'm tell he's gonna be fine. Honestly, I think it's going to be fine. I, bro, if he shows up, whoever, even if that person has a thousand save, sit him down. We'll, we'll have to see how this one works out. Sit him down. It'll be interesting. Sit It'll down. be interesting. All right, awesome. So we're ready. Uh, are you done with your three, Coach? Uh, I believe so, yes. All right, awesome. So we're going to dive into mine real quick. All right, and for my first one, going to the reigning, defending champions. LAFC. We have the Jack. You know who that is? I do. You I know do. that? That's my boy, Eldon Yakupovich, coming to us. Uh, I'm really excited about the signing because our goal. Uh, I don't want to start saying our goalkeeper. I love LAFC, but I'm going to stay biased now. Uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Maxim, broke his leg, as we all know, and they were looking for a good replacement. I think this is a really good signing. Uh, Yakupovich has seen, uh, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name. I try to figure out the pronunciation all day. So I think this is as close as I'm getting to it, Mr. The Jack. But uh, I think this is a great signing, someone to fill in those shoes and someone to just be in there. And because I know when Maxim is ready, Maxim is ready, he's probably kind of sliding back in. You have someone with experience, someone that has made saves big time saves in big games going again man you are going against all those premier league top class scorers someone who idolizes buffon i think he's 38 now that's really the only knock on him but really as far as goalkeepers i don't really worry about the age 
uh, because you have someone like Buffon. And this dude kind of, I can kind of see him playing to his 40s because he mentioned it. So I think he's in good form. I think that's a good replacement for them. Uh, he's got a lot of good, really my biggest thing is just with experience, you're replacing someone who can really fill in that role instead of taking a second string goalkeeper. So what this tells me is that LAFC is trying to capitalize saying that we're the champion and we're potentially looking to repeat. So we're looking for someone who's going to be at a good world class level to put in our in our um uh, in our goal and they went with uh they went with Ellen and I'm not mad at it. I think it's going to be a good signing for them and I think they might just repeat. I I agree. Uh I think this is really smart bit of business mm-hmm. right you lose a top level goalkeeper in the league and you bring in a guy who has experience at the wazoo yeah right um i think over 200 over 200 yeah. professional games across something like nine different teams yeah he's been the backup for his last couple teams um when he was playing at whole in whole uh, city in the premier league i was looking at some of his highlight videos i'll tell you this he can make saves but that man couldn't catch a cold Every single shot that came his way was pushed back out wide. He wasn't holding on to a single save. Not a single save in his highlight compilation was him holding on to a shot off of a dive. Everything was parried back into danger. A save is a save. It is, but you're allowing a second shot, and that's dangerous. Well, not if my defenders there to kick it out. True, but it's it's if you can hold on to a ball, you I should hold on. I love this signing. Don't make it. It's sound a good bad. signing. It's a good signing. <laughs> but I I would like to see him hold on to a ball, and I will also say <laughs> just somehow just once, just, just once. Want, I don't know if he can. I don't the, know if he can. The first game of the season, just hold on to one ball. We're good. I, he might just have fists for hands. He might just have to punch <laughs> everything. He might not have hands. You I never don't know. know. I don't know. You never know. But we don't know his no, physical. S- smart, smart signing. If you're looking at that highlight reel of him. About half of his saves were all penalty kicks. Yeah. He is a beast. So if you're having I didn't him, even talk about that. He is a beast on the penalty yeah. from the spot or from the goal there. And if you're talking about a team that wants to make deep playoff <laughs> runs, right, and wants to get into multiple different competitions, whether that be the MLS Cup or U.S. Open Cup or Nations League. Yeah. You're going to need a goalkeeper that can save a few penalties. Yes. And I think he's got that. So I think for a team that wants to compete in as many competitions as possible, he's the best sign you can get. Yeah. No, I'm for I'm the really, money they spend. Yeah, and especially that you you know, you're looking to kinda go back and defend the fact that you just won the you know, the title. So I think that's a and good sign. Again with Maxime Crepeau eventually coming back from his injury. Yeah. This player has spent a good chunk of his career as a backup. So he knows what it takes to come in and help the team where you can. Yeah. He's already mentally prepared for that. For sure. Uh, So my second signing I want to talk about, this is, I don't even think we should spend three minutes on this. This should be like a 30 second. First of all, does GM get like nominated for like best GM of the season? They do the uh, reigning GM. It's not an MLS award. It's actually an international award. And the reigning winner of that is Garth Lagerway, who just recently left the Sounders and moved to Atlanta. Okay. So the uh, Toronto FC GM, I don't know what his name is. I should look it up and I'll have it ready. And I'm going to really put his name every time I'm going to talk about it. Because this is the single smartest, best signing when you have a need and you just go you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get the best possible option to cover this need and that's gonna help us with everything uh fc Toronto just went in and signed uh sean johnson he's he's a machine he's an incredible goalkeeper top three goalkeeper in the league every year he's he's a dog bro that dude is a dog in the net, and I like. There's not even a lot to say, but I think we all know his resume, man. All the clean sheets, all the saves, everything, and then you have a team like Toronto. Ooh, for Christ's sake, <laughs> just keeps getting scored on. This, this, and again, we talked about how bringing an experienced goalkeeper kind of helps that de- that defense. And you and I joke a lot uh, time that we've played, but you. There were games that even when we played and he was fine, you've helped me. So I think this is the single best, smartest move this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
it's just it's good business, right? And just to jump There's in, nothing else to say about it. This team does not have at least that they list under their staff page a GM. They have their head coach Bob Bradley acting as sporting director. So he is right under the president. So good move by Bob Bradley. Kudos. I am not, this is a coach who said, I see what my need need my team needs and I'm gonna address it yep. right now. And I'm gonna give him the best possible option and they're going to love it. And I'm sure those defenders, that midfield and those strikers are like or even those forward are like, Oh, we got a chance now. Because yep. if we score two, three like we score two goals, this dude may keep us in. Yeah, you know you know that if you do your job as a striker your goalkeeper's going to do his job, yeah. and you're going to get wins. Yeah, and you and have a good attack. That's what I'm court. saying. You excited about that because if we start the game, I'm like, yo, if I can put one in or two, we can put two in. We have that dog back there. We're good. Yeah, and yeah. for a team in Toronto that relatively recently went to back-to-back MLS Cup finals yeah. in 2016 and 17, lost one, won the other, both against the Sounders. Um, we had a little rivalry there, but for them to be as bad as they have been is sad. Yeah, and this is a big step back to yeah. the promised land. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, you sent me this, but wasn't it like 66 goals in like 34 games that they allowed in or something like that? Yeah, I believe they had the third worst goals against for the league. You talk about it was bad. fixing a problem. Yeah. This is someone saying, we're fixing this now. I'd like to see another center back come in. Um, the transfer window is still open for the MLS to bring players in. Yeah, um, It's closed in a lot of Europe, but yeah. that is for only the buying club. So they yeah. can still bring players in from Europe. I'd like to see a defender come in if it hasn't already happened. Okay. that's uh, that. Maybe they got something cooking there that we don't know just yet. But uh, that's really all we got to say about that. So I'm going to move into my third uh, transfer year. So for my third transfer, this is a transfer that has to do uh, – I like this – transfer it's a little confusing to me but the reason i love it is for one big thing this is great for the mls this is a great transfer for the mls like no joke this is a good transfer for the mls you're gonna tell them what the transfer is i am going to tell okay, them just i'm just i'm just i'm just warming them up what you got i just didn't i didn't stop you when you was doing your thing i don't need stopping i'm perfect can i continue yeah go can i yeah okay cool uh so john durham uh Beast, strong, tall, uh, just a physical freak. Like, I wouldn't really say like too physical freak, but if you look at him, you're like, oh yeah, this dude has a chance. Uh, fast, uh, just good. One thing I like about him is deceleration, is stop and go change of movements. Amazing, I love it. Uh, didn't really do a lot <laughs> for Chicago Fire. First of all, Chicago Fire is just garbage now. But uh, hot, hot garbage. <laughs> we had to add the hot, hot garbage. But uh, dudes literally scores eagles, uh, commends twenty two million, which is eighteen million up front for on add ons, and goes to Aston Villa, right? Yes. Yeah, it blows my mind how that happened. I think they're signing him strict on potential because. Usually, for a player to have that type of money, like you probably have a monster season. Didn't really have that monster of a season. But eight goals. He he's a highly rated young Colombian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he not only is the third most expensive transfer out of the MLS in yeah. history, he is now the most expensive Colombian in history. And that's this, more than Falcao. That's more than James yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. That's a big money move for a 19-year-old. And this is why I'm saying this is great for the MLS, and I'm tying this up to Gomez, right? Why I think Gomez, uh, Carlos uh, Andres Gomez, is going to come in and potentially kill because I'm sure all of those uh, South American players coming in that are 19, 18, 20 are saying, what just happened? And they're all probably having dinner with their agent now saying, how did he do that? They're all saying, I'm better than John yeah, Duran. Yeah. They're saying, out. how did he do that and how can we do that? So the reason why I think it's great for the MLS because we're going to, we potentially, I, I'm, you heard it here first, we potentially are going to have a massive reign of just South American young player who wants to come in for two, three, four seasons, ball their minds out to just get a big contract out. And then the more we start commanding big money coming in, 
the more the league just gets better, the more our teams have more money to spend on players, the more, you know, so it, it's really good. And that's why I think when you mentioned your second transfer with uh, Carlos, that I'm sure he's looking at this and saying, yo, I'm 20 years old. I can play both sides. I can be valuable and I'm coming in and they're already paying me big money up front so I can leverage that to potentially turn this into a 30, 20, 40 million transfer someday. So um, so that's really why I went with that transfer and I wanted to touch on it because it's just it's a great transfer for the MLS. It is, it is. It's a very good one. And I just wanted to point out that almost all of his minutes came in the second half of the season, right? Yeah. Um, so he was I like him. I'm not I didn't everything I say I don't want it to sound I really like him as a player. Yeah. He's a good player. So he he was one they didn't put in right away. It wasn't that lack of talent, it was that he was young and they wanted to transition him in, right? Which is probably a bad decision considering they're the worst team in the league. <laughs> like if you have a good talent, just throw him in. What what happened to Chicago Fire? Can we talk about that in one episode? Just dedicate that. Like we'll like, we'll we'll do a deep dive into some, some what teams happened? throughout this course. Because when the MLS was coming out like when like the league was like on fire. I remember probably like five, six, seven years ago. I can't remember exactly. They, I believe, like Chicago Fire was like one of those leagues being mentioned. I, I didn't, I didn't look this up, but when the league started twenty, twenty five years ago, they were winning the league almost every year. But they the were, they, they were, were good. dominant out the gate. They were good. Um, but I think what we'll, we'll, we'll do a deep dive. We'll yeah. do a deep dive. We'll get someone. That knows know. the club better than us, in, yeah, yeah, and and we'll kinda, have them talk about yeah, the history because I, I need to know what happened. I'll get there. that I set need, up for the I coming need Chicago weeks. to come back up, man. But uh, those were my three big transfer. Uh, do you have anything to add here before? I we just want to add on John Duran. Yeah. So I did a quick calculation here. His goals and assists tally, um, eight and three off of only thirteen. 163 minutes mind you a, if you're a good player playing the whole season you're going to get around 3,000 minutes a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah so about half a season's worth of minutes um he's averaging a goal or assist every other game okay so i think that's good. i think i think that's where i didn't factor that in because let's say you got a full season because the fact that we just talked about let's just say we go employ your number full season is probably doubling it from eight to 16 goals and that's getting them closer to those conversations where it's like, oh, this kid is yeah. at, at 19 years old. To be able to do that is probably... You're looking at you know, Joseph numbers. Joseph bro, Martinez dude, that numbers. dude does not look like a 19-year-old kid. He's that a grown man. Is, is that 6'2", 6'1"? I think he's 6'1", and he has to be dang near 220 weigh? pounds. How much, I don't know. I don't know. That's a guess. He looks... He looks he's big. He looks like me if I was in shape. Like, if I would have been in shape. Because I'm 6'2". I'm not in shape, by the way. But if I wanted to get in shape, that's the body I would have want. All right, we can we can talk about this with your therapist <laughs> later. This isn't the time or place, but we can <laughs> just start throwing my issues it's okay. down. It's okay. I want your body. But <laughs> all right, that just went weird really fast. We like to have fun. We like to have fun. All right, cool. So that concludes concludes. Concludes. <laughs> We need to make that our new transition every single episode. That concludes our part two. We are done with part two. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, FE family. And we are back for our final part, which is part three, which we're going to talk about some U.S. international transfer. Uh, Coach David has about four transfers that he's going to touch on uh, for us today. So I'm just going to pass it on and kind of let you get started on that. Go ahead, Coach. What is the first one of your four transfers? I'm really excited about this. So what we're going to focus on here is American internationals that have a chance to play for the U.S. men's national team and their most recent moves and how that's going to affect them and their chance to get called up. Okay. Um, Three of these four are borderline squad players at the moment. Two are really young. And one is a staple of our midfield. Okay. So just really excited about this. Of the U.S. US team? Yeah, so the U.S. Okay. men's national team. So the first name we're going to focus on is Paxton Aronson. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch any U.S. or Leeds United games, you're going to know the last name Aronson. His older brother is Brandon Aronson. Oh, okay. Baller. Of course. Um, <laughs> so Paxton Aronson, he just moved from the Philadelphia Union. Yeah. Um, to Eintracht 
uh, Frankfurt mm-hmm. uh, for $4.2 million. That's a big transfer for a young kid. Yeah. Um, we were talking about some of the other transfer prices that we saw coming into the league. I hold uh, easy. Uh, so Paxton Aronson is 19 years old, born Ooh. in 2000 and, yes, and three. Can I say something before you get going, bro? When I look at the age of some of these players that are getting these millions, I'm just like, first of all, we old. Yeah. And second, bro, where's my millions? It's in the mail. It's in the mail. It's coming. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> they just got didn't get put enough just, postage on it. Yeah, it's heavy. Just, it's yeah, heavy. It's I, a lot cool. of money. I, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> But uh, oh, I'm I'm excited about this. He's going to Germany, which was the first step for his brother when his brother left the union, yeah. um, and now his brother plays for Leeds. This is a big stepping stone. I believe he's yeah. going a little younger than his brother did as yeah. well. Um, so I, I'm just really excited. He's he's one. He's playing for the uh, youth national team, um, and I think he has potential to make a full team appearance. He's yeah. he's a good central midfielder. He needs yeah. to learn. He's not the biggest frame, so he needs to learn how to use his body shape in a way where he doesn't invite contact from yeah. players. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you're going up against full-grown 30-year-old men, you don't want to have to use your physicality. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, so that's the one thing I want him to learn. But I think this is a great, great move for him to go into Europe. I, th- I just think it's going to be great. Yeah, I am 100% agree with you. And Into a I top th- five league. Yeah, and I think this is uh, a great chance for him to, to kind of really get his career started and be a big name. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the second name I wanted to talk on was the biggest name on this list, Weston McKinney. No-brainer starter for the U.S. men's national Mm -hmm. team. He's leaving what you could say was either a good or bad situation at Juve. The team is kind of falling apart, Mm -hmm. but he's getting minutes every single game. And he's moving to Leeds where he has an American head coach. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Aronson is there um, alongside Tyler Adams. Yeah. So another one of his midfield partners and Tyler Adams. Yeah. They get minutes, regular season minutes together. That's going to be massive for the yeah. U.S. team. Oh, for sure. Massive. For sure. Um, and you get that familiarity. Yeah. And so this is on loan, but it is a loan to buy. So they do have a buy option with him should everything go well. Um, I'm not sure if it's a buy obligation where they have to buy him if certain things hit. Mm-hmm. Or if it's fully up to Leeds. But I think this is going to go very well. And if I think if they stay in the top flight this year, which I think they will, I think they're going to keep them. And I think it's only going to be great to have two of our best center mids playing next to each other week in, week out. I think that's brilliant. All right. Awesome. Couldn't agree with you more. What you got for us on number three, Coach? Number three, I have Gaga Slonina. Hmm. Um, Gaga, I have to say out the gate, is a nickname. His name's Gabriel. <laughs> Um, I guess everyone ever since he was a kid called him Gaga. If someone tried to call me Gaga, I'd hit him in the face. But so Gaga Slonina, uh, he is a dual international, Polish and American. Mm -hmm. Um, The Polish national team tried to recruit him hard and he pretty much made it known that he wants to be with the U.S. Yeah. Um, He is a young kid again and goalkeepers, they... They hit their prime later in life, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So at 18 years old, going Ooh. to Chelsea. He's got a long way. He's got a long way. He's, he's going to be in loan. 20 years. He's, he's going to be on loan immediately. So it's interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. Um, he was actually bought in the summer, so a while ago, and they let him come back to Chicago Fire to finish off his season. Yeah. And now he's with Chelsea permanently, yeah. and yeah. we'll just see where, where they send him. Yeah. But... Chelsea is one of those clubs that scares me. Not loving Chelsea right now. At least for the past five years. Not just for their talent base, but when I'm thinking of players coming to Chelsea, they they are known for loaning out players forever. Just (laughs) buying any good name talent and (laughs) loaning them and never using them. Uh, Matt Miazga was with Chelsea for, has to be close to a decade. I don't think he ever saw the pitch for them. Yeah. Right, and now he's back in MLS. So I'm a little worried about a young American talent coming to Chelsea and not getting the minutes he needs or getting the right loan move for him. Yeah. So I hope he goes out on loan quickly. I hope he goes to a loan where he can perform 
show himself and then quickly get sold from Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, I don't sure. I don't want Chelsea to be his permanent home. Yeah, he's got a bright future in him, and the fact that he's 18 years old, I'm I'm loving that because usually I I say this, and this is no disrespect for the goalkeepers, but you can literally play until you're 45. He doesn't require like that much. Uh, they say an out, outfielder's position, their prime hits 26, 27, and goes to about 30, 31. Okay, for goalkeepers? They say goalkeepers start their prime around 32. 32. It's a much more cerebral can, position. I can agree with that more because that's the first, uh, the same uh, the same thing I said about Berkey, one of your transfer. The older has gotten the one thing that he used to knock him for, he's gotten rid of it. So yeah. um, not bad with that. So what you got for us on number four, Coach? Number four is... Probably the the least likely to make an impact on this U.S. team, but also the one I'm most enthusiastic about. Yeah, um, it is Georgi Mihailovic. He is coming off of a very successful season with uh, CF Montreal, um, and he has moved to uh, I believe Azed Alkmar um, in the Eredivisie. Mm-hmm. Great team, right? They are known for moving players on. Yeah. Now, he is a little older. He's 24. He was on the fringe of making the U.S. national team a few times. Yep. Never really come, came in. Yeah. Um, so, he performs here. I think he has a shot at making a roster role for the next World Cup hosted here. Okay. But I, I love the way he plays. He's a brilliant center mid, kind of a creative center mid. Um. He's just fun to watch. He's one of those players that you like to watch. For sure. No, I definitely agree with that. So um, thanks for that. I think that's cover uh, all of our four transfers. Those are some big transfers to be on the lookout for and definitely excited for how well they perform out there. First of all, I got two things for us. I want to commend us for the fact that we recorded this podcast while we're playing catch with Sandy. This is great multitasking. We're amazing. Just want to put that out there. For those of you that don't know, Sandy is not a human. It's my dog. Just <laughs> um, playing catch with a human. <laughs> yeah. This isn't no father son bonding time. Uh, Just sitting there watching us. We're yeah. working, kid. I don't know if you guys can see, but the picture behind me that is that is my uh, Sandy, a little Chihuahua. Yeah. All right, she's under me right now. But um, the other thing, how well are you excited about the World Cup being hosted here? Just want to ask that before we move in. How, how excited are you? I'm pumped. Be I pumped. am. I am so excited, man. It's been my life goal to go to a World Cup. Yeah. And now it's gonna be in my backyard. Let's I'm just go. gonna have to go to the East Coast for it. Let's it's go, easy. man. All right, awesome. So that covers all of our part three. But like I said, to end the show today, we have uh, Coach David has something he wanted to share with us that's very close to his heart. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pass the mic to you. Uh, What you got on your mind, Coach? Well, so as most of you know, I coach high school soccer at the moment. And in the offseason, some of my players play indoor soccer for fun on a gym floor, a basketball court floor. Mm -hmm. And one of my players... Uh, suffered a severe head injury, which um, resulted in seizures. Jeez. And it was it was a terrifying moment. And wow. whenever you get into coaching, you are forced to watch all these just seemingly stupid videos yeah. about player safety, what to do in a case of emergency, mm-hmm. uh, to have your protocol set for who handles what, who's with the player, who's mm-hmm. calling 911, yeah. who's doing what, right? And you always think, well, that's never going to happen. Right. And yesterday it happened. Yeah. And it was terrifying. But uh, I was surrounded by a great crew of not just coaches, but educators at the school. Mm-hmm. And we all did our role perfectly. Yeah. Um, we stabilized him well. We stopped the bleeding. We they talked was, him. They were bleeding? They, he cracked his head. Um, so it, we stopped the bleeding. We, we kept him awake for paramedics to come. Someone immediately got on phone with 911. They came. We were close to um a hospital as well so yeah uh paramedics got there probably within five minutes of the incident and he was stable and in the hospital talking and all he could talk about was how his defense sucks and (laughs) (laughs) he hates his teammates is he the goalkeeper he is the goalkeeper so same old same old player that i've always known but uh (laughs) that's good that's good so this was one of those situations that could have gone very very bad but because everyone knew their role we handled it 
and we kept a kid safe. And there was also 60 other kids in the gym at the time. Mm -hmm. So not only did we keep him safe, we were able to kind of shield it from the other players. Oh, that's good. So it, it was, it was a really bad situation handled well. So I just want to take that time to let you know that if you are around kids and you are around sport, just make sure you know what your protocols are. Have an idea in the back of your head who's going to cover what roles in case of emergency and hope you never have to do it. But take take those videos that you have to watch when you get into coaching. Take those seriously. Yeah. All right. Awesome. We appreciate that, Coach. We'll take that as our coach advice for this month. So appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure it wasn't easy for you to witness that and deal with that. So uh, uh, so thank you for that. So we're going to go ahead and close out our show after covering everything. We want to thank you all for listening. Happy family. You guys are the best. Uh, feel free to email us with any idea, anything that you want to talk to us. Our email is profitspod at gmail.com. Again, it's profitspod at gmail.com. We're going that to... That is profits with a P-H-9-9. For... I'm just saying it's football it's, profits. It's, it's profits it's like profits. religion, not money lines. Jesus, how our shorty is going to go every time. Just, just this one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so profits, we're going to tag it. But hey, the, you can catch the, us on the, YouTube, on Spotify, on Anchor, on Apple Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day. And coach, on to the next All episode. Right. Good stuff. <laughs>